On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Justin Hershey. He's the sports editor of the Vandy Hustler. He's also the host of the Hustler Sports 30 podcast. He joins us to break down all things Vanderbilt basketball. We run through their loss on Wednesday night in Lexington against Kentucky. We look ahead to their matchup with LSU on Saturday night. But also, and more importantly, it's Shane Foster's jersey retirement ceremony coming up on Saturday. We discuss that and much more coming up next with Justin Hershey from the Vandy Hustler here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Finewood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Finewood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. I'm now happy to be joined by Justin Hershey. He is the sports editor of the Vandy Hustler. He's also the host of the Hustler Sports 30 podcast, and he is actually going to graduate from Vanderbilt University this year. So he's had a unique student-type perspective as uh, as he's been covering the team. He was in uh, Lexington at Rupp Arena for the Kentucky game on Wednesday night. So we'll, we'll dive in everything with Justin. Justin, first off, thanks for taking the time. I'm sure it's been a busy year for you being a student, also trying to cover this team, but, but uh, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely, Billy. Uh, happy to hop on. And yeah, been Vanderbilt to talk about uh, hopefully some <laughs> positives down the line, but uh, certainly a busy year. Well, Justin, I want to start here as a student and having that, that perspective as a Vanderbilt student and kind of some of the things that were going on, at least to be the beginning of this, uh, this second semester and, and kind of the second half of this season. And you actually wrote a really nice story about uh, how, how students were, uh, were not permitted to attend the Kentucky and Tennessee basketball games. We're going to do it, get into a lot here, but I want to kind of get your perspective on this. I know it's a very sensitive subject, but Having that perspective, how did the student body feel about that? You know, did, did you get a sense of, of how students felt about that? Because I think we did get a sense about it in the Georgia game and kind of a, a, a the, the team that's last in the SEC right now, students packed out Memorial Gym in that student section. So uh, did, were you able to get a sense of kind of how students felt about that? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of what I wrote was certainly a lot of the sentiment and feelings that I was getting and, and feedback I was getting on campus from friends, uh, people I knew from classes and things like that. I think, first of all, it was good to see that the Vanderbilt student body does care enough to be put off by a policy like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And I think when you talk about uh, student engagement and your important stakeholder groups, I firmly believe that students are probably the most important ones. Um, and I made it pretty clear that I don't think this was an athletics driven thing um, and the blame that should be placed for a policy like this, which in my words were kind of, was kind of over the top and not exactly aligned with a lot of peer, other peer institutions. I, I think the blame really goes on the administration and I think they got a fair amount of backlash both from alumni, obviously uh, uh, alumni players and certainly students on campus. I think there was a general feeling of, you know, it, what is this accomplishing exactly from students? Uh, and I think that Overall, it wasn't something that seemed totally necessary. Um, and obviously, then you and probably the best crowd of the year. I'm anticipating a really good crowd Saturday, especially with Shane Foster uh, during the retirement, which we'll get into. But um, definitely, definitely puzzling a shame. I'm sure it didn't make Candace Story Lee happy to have to do that. Um, but it was one of those things that uh, taken out of our hands. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was it was tough to see. I think a lot of people reacted in in kind of a, oh no, there's no way this is this this could be happening right, right now. <laughs> Kentucky and Tennessee, the two biggest home games of the season of every year. Um, so, but but I think the good thing is the students are back. You, you've got you had them back for Georgia. They will be back. And 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 Will and I talked about it on the podcast. He's a, he wasn't able to join today, but he actually brought up a really good point about going to Vanderbilt basketball games has been you know over the years a really cool thing to do on campus, and it's kind of been kind of the trendy thing, I guess you could say, and the fact that students, you know, were still able to show up and actually did show up uh, against against Georgia was, I think, pretty impressive. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into a lot here. I did want to get your perspective on that, but what, Justin, has surprised you most about this team? Kind of diving into the nuts and bolts of this team. It's been kind of a roller coaster ride of a season. Of course, uh, I think after the Diamond, Diamond Head Classic, uh, Vanderbilt had theoretically won that and there was a lot of momentum with this team I, I think and then uh, you know we kind of the, the Liam Robbins uh, status reports kept getting pushed back uh, but from your perspective Justin what has surprised you most about this team this year? Well obviously what does not surprise me the most is Vanderbilt dealing with injury concerns my <laughs> tenure on, on Vanderbilt's campus began with Darius Garland's injury um, and it's bookended by Robbins and Chapman obviously being injured I'd say the most surprising thing about this team is certainly the jump uh, from last year on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this team plays some really good defense. They're oftentimes undersized, especially with Robbins out of the lineup, um, but they cover their man really well. They switch really well. They scramble um, and they do make it hard on opponents. And I think that's kind of the thing they have going for them. Whereas on offense, you're kind of looking at Scotty Pippen Jr. and Jordan Wright. Maybe Robbins kind of gets back in the fold soon in terms of offense. But certainly the defense has been encouraging and surprising. And obviously LSU is going to bring another really good defense into Nashville. This Defenses go at it, but certainly defense has to be the most surprising, but also optimistic part of, of this season so far. You touched on offense, Justin. I saw where you tweeted out today that uh, Vandy is among the nation's best at uh, generating mm-hmm. open looks. And I think you're referring to three point looks. Why do you yeah. think that is? And, and why do you think the offense, you know, we, we see them go on scoring droughts every now and then, but you know, they, they, they're still generating those open looks, but sometimes they're, they're just not hitting them. So do you think it's more of these guys just need to make shots or do you think there's something deeper there with this team getting open looks, but you know, they'll still go on those droughts and at times they may struggle offensively. 
Yeah, Stacks talked about it a lot. At some point, you got to knock down shots. You got to have guys step up and make plays. And when you look at a team like Kentucky the other night, Davion Mintz had a career-high 21 points. He was the sixth Kentucky player this season to score 20-plus. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt doesn't have six guys who can score 20-plus, um, especially with Liam Robbins out of the lineup. They only really have – you look at Jordan Wright and you look at Scottie Pippen Jr. and say those guys could get you 20 any night. But outside of that, it's streakiness. It runs on kind of Trey Thomas getting into these runs, Miles Studi getting hot, um, which are great, but those aren't, you know, third. They're not designed. Those guys aren't designed mm-hmm. to be uh, the third or fourth biggest contributors on the team. So I think Stackhouse runs great offensive sets. I think it's well documented that X's and O's wise, I do think he's got some really, really talented um talented sets and and puts guys in positions to to score and get those open looks like I tweeted. But um, the bottom line is I don't, I think some guys are being asked to do things that they're not designed to do, especially with a guy like Robbins being out of the lineup. So I think it is a matter of knocking down shots and they get a lot of them. They've actually shot 26 of 56, I believe over the last three games from downtown. Um, so getting hot at the right time. And that'll be something to watch this weekend, but um, certainly good offensive sets creates those shots. And then um, just kind of having some guys in better positions uh, moving forward, we'll get those to knock down. Justin, we uh, you know, we like to talk about jumps from one season to another, and I think we were looking at guys like Miles Studi to make that jump, Jordan Wright mm-hmm. to make that jump, and it feels like Jordan Wright has kind of, uh, you know, kind of evolved into a, a his new type of player where he is able to to get into the lane and, and kind of rise up over defenders. But Coach Stackhouse, I think, has made a jump as well as a, as a coach and as as a college basketball coach. That's tough. He's he's only you know he's only in his third year as a college basketball yeah. coach, so. You know, Will and I have talked about us and, and kind of realizing where Coach Stackhouse has grown as a coach. So where do you think he's grown as a coach in terms of kind of handling his guys and kind of maintaining, you know, his own kind of composure and consistency as a coach um, this season, especially in some tough road atmospheres where that might be tough sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah, I think when you look at the development of Stackhouse as a coach, I think the biggest area that he's grown is in the recruiting game, honestly. Um, I think that's from all accounts, the biggest kind of um, shocker when a guy moves from the NBA coaching mm-hmm. ranks to the college coaching ranks. And I think it did catch uh, Stackhouse off guard. And I think Vanderbilt fans are seeing kind of the ramifications of two, his first two recruit, recruiting classes a little behind where they probably need to be. Um, but this year they've got four guys coming in. I'm pretty optimistic about all four of them. I think they both, they all project as pretty talented players. So I think, definitely on the recruiting trail kind of off the court. Um, he also brought in a few uh, assistant coaches to really help him out mm-hmm. who I think have done a really good job and have gotten a lot of praise from guys like Quentin Melora Brown um, for guys like Ed Conroy and, uh, and Michael Curry. But I think on the court, um, his composure and his professionalism, I think has come a long way. I think he's can, you know, he comes across as this former 25 point per game scorer, this NBA all-star, I think he's also using that in on the recruiting trail, but kind of molding this more professional approach to uh, whether it be kind of media interactions or uh, kind of things like that. I think he's done a lot better job with stuff like that. His sets and his offense and and X's and O's have improved, but I think they've always been Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good. And it's just about getting guys into the right and into the right situation. So I think there's a couple areas he's improved. I think, you know, um, I think there's some ways to go for this program, obviously, but when you look at 11 and 10, um, this time last year, they, they, they didn't win 11 games last year and we got mm-hmm. nine or 10 left. So I think there is tangible progress. I know not as much as a lot of Vanderbilt fans would hope for, but, 
um, it's totally moving in the right direction. Justin, you mentioned Quentin Malora Brown, and he has been kind of an interesting study uh, this season where, yeah. as opposed to last season, uh, you know, I, I don't think we necessarily knew what we might get game in and game out, but now I think the consistency of Quentin Malora Brown has elevated the performance of this team, not only down low, but also him being able to pass the ball out of double teams and kind of dribble through and make crafty finishes. So when you said his name kind of struck a chord with me because I think he was one of the big reasons they were able to stay in that game against Kentucky. Now, he was also, you could argue, him fouling out was a big reason they weren't able to kind of keep that rhythm going. But I think without Quint Malloy Brown this season, Vanderbilt might be in a lot different spot. So his development and kind of his toughness, and you know, he's a guy that I, I think was was playing fencing. He he was he was he was a fencer <laughs> before playing basketball. So he's kind of that Vanderbilt type of guy, really smart player. Um, so what what have you seen from his development this season? Yeah, I think you hit it spot on. I wrote something on him earlier this season, just talking. I talked to him about um, kind of what has enabled him to take that next step and. He really credits, you know, his cerebral approach to the game. I think he's uh, a guy who really gets a lot out of film sessions. I think he watched a lot last year. I think he watched a lot of guys this offseason. Mm -hmm. um, he did credit some of the assistant coaches for really helping him watch some good film and understand really where he can contribute. I think the best thing about Q is he really knows his own game. Um, he really mm -hmm. doesn't try to do too much on offense. And he is limited athletically and uh, kind of with his touch. He's not a shooter or anything like that. But he knows that and plays to that advantage, sets great screens, and then it's just an anchor on defense. I think right now he's Vanderbilt's highest uh, plus-minus guy on the team. I think he's plus 105 wow. for the season. Um, so when they when he's on the court, they are a different team. I think I wrote about this yesterday. Also, now that they have Robbins back, you got two guys who are 6'10 plus. One of them is going to be on the court basically at all times. Whereas mm -hmm. when QMB would sub off, you know, the last couple of weeks, you're bringing in Jermaine Mann, he's six six, and you're asking him to guard Oscar Shibway. That's not fair <laughs> to Jermaine Mann, and it's it's detrimental to, to the team, obviously. So QMB's been awesome. Uh, I've really watched, I've really enjoyed watching him grow and really understanding where he can contribute. And I think, obviously, defensively and rebounding and really fundamental rebounding has been uh, really impressive. Yeah, walking off the floor after his fifth foul, he he was you could tell he was gassed after after trying. Oh to guard yeah, him. he works hard. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he was gassed after guarding Shibway. But I want to talk about you just mentioned Liam Robbins and kind of you know we he could be Malora's replacement, but who knows down the stretch? You know he he may be inserted into that starting five. But I was actually surprised how much he actually did play against Kentucky. You know I think we thought you know he may play five to ten minutes, but he played I think a little bit more than we we had expected. Um, but Liam Robbins, Justin, how much of an impact? do you think his presence could have down the stretch? I'm not going to say he made an impact against Kentucky. I think, you know, he got a few rebounds in there, but um, how much of an impact do you think not only his versatility, but also just, I mean, how tall the guy is. He, he's, a, he's a shot blocking presence that Vanderbilt hasn't really had since a guy like Luke Cornett. Sure. Yeah. I think the tough thing here is uh, for big men really to integrate themselves. Chemistry is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and I've said kind of all year to fellow reporters or, or, or friends of mine, it's really about when Robbins comes back. And I just don't know if this is early enough, this, or this is early enough in the season at this point for him to really fully integrate. He's going to bring some great skills. He brings a huge body. He's great on defense. Um, and he's going to slowly get better with those things as he kind of ramps up and is able to get back in the physical shape that he needs to be to really play 20, 25, 30 minutes a game. Um, but really offensively, it's all about chemistry, especially mm -hmm. with a guy like Scotty Pippen Jr. Who, 
can do a lot and help his guys a lot and help his big men a lot. Um, but it's really about timing with, with a pick and roll, timing in Stackhouse's complicated sets. So that's really what I'm going to be watching for as we move into next week. The next couple games is, is Robbins taking steps forward in terms of understanding the offense? I think against Kentucky, there was one play where he was out of sync with Jordan Wright and threw the ball out of bounds when he was trying to pass it to Wright because Wright cut the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when he kind of got the ball in the post and was a little unsure for something up. Um, I think those things will slowly fade out, but it's really about how fast will they fade out. Um, but a guy like Robbins is going to be instrumental just being on the floor, especially on the defensive end. So I think as you as he goes, he'll get better for sure. Um, he hasn't played basketball since I think February 20th of last year. Yeah. So almost a full year off the court. Um, so definitely got to give that kid some leeway, but certainly going to be an impactful presence down the stretch here. I've been asked this question a couple of times about, you know, what are the chances he comes back next next season? I didn't have a great answer for it, but his uncle Ed Conroy is on the staff. And, and I, I think, you know, he, he was a big reason, you know, why Liam was, you know, I think wanted to come down here, uh, kind of play under his uncle. So what are the chances he comes back? Is that, you know, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion, but I think that presents some interesting scenarios next season, especially with all those talented uh, freshmen coming in. Absolutely. I think it's, I don't ha- I can't say I have a ton of inside knowledge here, but I definitely think there's a decent shot that he does. Um, but mainly because if you go by process of elimination, I'm not sure what he goes and does. I think mm-hmm. the ideal scenario for him this year would have been put in a good year in the SEC, average 10 and 10 almost, um, and then get a shot at the NBA um, or professionally. I don't know if he's going to get enough tick and enough games to really solidify his, his NBA or professional chances even in Europe. Um, so I don't see, but he's not going to transfer again. I wouldn't mm-hmm. think because he's already transferred yeah. twice in his career. So I really think that he's good chance. He's probably back. And I think that's a, That would be a great thing for Vanderbilt, not just because he's a good player, but also it would give Lee Dort some time to really mold himself into a college, uh, a college athlete. Dort's a guy who from all accounts has all the physical traits, um, but just needs to continue honing his really true basketball skills. Um, and working behind a guy like Robbins yeah. and QMB could also be back, uh, would be really huge. So don't have a ton of inside knowledge, but I'm not sure what else Robbins exactly would do. Um, I'm not yeah. sure he's going to get enough time this spring to put together a resume for a professional career yet. You, you talked about Stackhouse's recruiting and how that has kind of evolved. And I think a, I think a big part of that underrated, uh, underrated aspect of that is Darius Garland and, and Saban Lee, Aaron Neesmith, guys that maybe Stackhouse didn't coach, but they're playing in the NBA right now. And, and they played at Definitely. Vanderbilt and, and they, they produced at Vanderbilt. Now, Darius Garland only played five games, um, <laughs> but Garland, I, I'm, I'm obviously we all know he's only the second Vandy grad ever to become an NBA all-star. The first was Clyde Lee back in 1968. Uh, that's pretty significant. You know, a guy that graduated from Vanderbilt played at Vandy or didn't grad. Maybe, I don't think he graduated, but he, he didn't he technically graduate. <laughs> I got called out for that on Twitter, but. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he played at Vanderbilt five games. He's a Vanderbilt guy. So how do you think that might play into Stackhouse and kind of his selling point of, Hey, we've got NBA players that, that played at Vanderbilt here. Let me come, let me develop you. And, and, you know, we'll turn you into, into an NBA player. So far when we've talked to recruits uh, who come to Vanderbilt and guys who, you know, why, why Vanderbilt, why'd you choose Vanderbilt? The main pitch has been, Jerry Stackhouse played 15 seasons in the NBA. I think now you have a new pitch where guys can point to Saban Lee and Scottie Pippen Jr. and say, 
look at how he turned those two guards into NBA prospects. Because when he arrived, Saban Lee was not an NBA prospect yet. Mm -hmm. Then gets drafted 38th overall, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I think he's got some real tangible pieces to sell in the recruiting game now. Plus, when you add in the fact that the basketball operations center as part of Vanda United, uh, I think he's got a really good pitch now that should attract a lot of recruits. I follow a lot of Robbie Weinstein's work over at 24-7 Sports, and when he, he writes stuff about recruits, a lot of them are talking about um, and their growth of those guys and how Stackhouse has been able to develop those guys and really empower those guards. And college basketball runs on great guard play, and so mm -hmm. I think him showing that he can develop guards and empower guards has been uh, really crucial. All right, Justin, I think the main reason a lot of people uh, are going to be listening to this uh, little little tidbit here is Shane Foster. He, he's going to have his uh, number 32 jersey retired on Saturday night against uh, when Vanderbilt plays LSU. Um, before we kind of get into some of the expectations of the crowd uh, of that game and, and Vanderbilt fans uh, showing up to Memorial Gym, what kind of an influence have you seen Shane have on the Vanderbilt basketball program in, in your talks with him and kind of being around the program, and, and, but also in the Nashville community? I mean, you've been in Nashville the past uh, four years. So what, what kind of an influence have you seen him have on the program, but also the city of Nashville? Yeah, I mean, when I was learning about Vanderbilt basketball, uh, people first people's first memories were always of Shane Foster if they were kind of, you know, um, just a little bit older, I guess the generation above us right, directly. Right. Um, and that always spoke a lot to me. I, I, I didn't really know this guy very well, but um, looking into it more, you can tell how much of an imprint he still has on the program. He's been one of Jerry Stackhouse's biggest supporters uh, thus far, comes and talks to the guys at practice. I was listening to him on um, 102.5 The Game this morning, and he was talking about how when he was invited to practice, when they you know presented him with, you know, we're going to retire number, he didn't think anything of being invited to practice. And that, sell, that says a lot to me that mm -hmm. he's a guy who's familiar with the program still. He sticks around. He's in Nashville. And he uses the fact that he's in Nashville to really connect with the, mm -hmm. with the teams. And he can be a great role model for a lot of these guys, too, when you consider, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NBA but didn't really make his living off the NBA and now does well for himself here in Nashville and stays connected. I think that's, you know, a huge, huge thing for Stackhouse to use and lean on. And I think he has. So. I, I regret never being able to watch a Memorial Gym because that seems just unbelievable, but um, hopefully a taste of that magic will come back Saturday. Yeah, it was special. I mean, the, the game against Mississippi State, it, it just felt like there was magic in the air. I mean, 42 Absolutely. points. He was hitting shots that were incredible. So it's, it's going to be really fun on Saturday night. Uh, jealous of you that you're actually going to be there to cover it. Um, <laughs> but Justin, in terms of the crowd there, uh, even though the crowds haven't been spectacular this season outside of the students, I think the students have, have shown up when they've been able to. Um, you got to expect a big student crowd, but I have a, a gut feeling that there's a lot of Vanderbilt fans that might come as opposed to maybe not coming if this wasn't happening. And, and they want to go and honor Shane Foster because of everything he did uh, for Vanderbilt basketball. Are you in agreement there that, that this, this could be a really good crowd on Saturday night? I agree. I think there's no reason it shouldn't be. Uh, again, touching back to this interview this morning, I was listening to Foster talk about the fact that on his senior night, um, fans stayed after the gym stayed packed after the game mm -hmm. when they honored him and then, you know, finally, uh, finally let him go. That spoke a lot to me. And I just feel like if that was happening back then, how can it not happen back now after kind of some tough years of Vanderbilt basketball? I think this will be a great way to kind of rekindle some of that history that really does 
um, you know, flood this program. And a lot of students on campus don't realize that coming to Vanderbilt is how much history Vanderbilt basketball really has. I mean, we'll be my class. If, if Vanderbilt doesn't go to the NCAA tournament this year, my class will be the first four year class to wow. not see at least one NCAA tournament in the last like 20, 25 years, That's something crazy. like that. Um, and it's crazy to think about, but students don't realize that. So I'm really excited to obviously help, you know, be there and, and cover this event because I think it's going to be really cool, but also uh, for students to kind of realize some of the history behind this program. And obviously I am expecting uh, close to full Memorial gym and uh, we'll see, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Yeah. It does feel like not only is Vanderbilt and the athletic department and the students will embrace this and the fans, but also people in Nashville, you know, you might get people sure. in, that just live in Nashville and, and kind of, you know, remember watching Shane Fawcett, they might want to go and, and, and to see him being honored. So uh, one more here, Justin, though, before I let you go, kind of getting into this matchup itself, LSU, you talked about it earlier, really good defensive team. This could be maybe an ugly low scoring game. Uh, you might not have a, a 42 point output that Shane Foster uh, used to put <laughs> up in the day, but uh, what, what are you expecting in this one? Uh, Vandy and LSU on Saturday night could be if Vanderbilt gets the win, a huge win for them. Absolutely. I think it's an interesting matchup because I think both teams need wins for different reasons. Um, Vanderbilt's trying to stay off that 11 line to get that first round SEC tournament. Mm -hmm. by. I think they are at 11 right now. Um, and this is a great chance for them to do that. It's also a good resume win. If for some reason they can make a push down the stretch for an NCAA tournament bid or an NIT bid. Um, so I think that's Vanderbilt's half. And then LSU comes in, Losers to loses two games in a row to teams that they are better than right. TCU and uh, Ole Miss. And now staring down a third straight loss is certainly not something Will Wade's group will want. And I think they boast a lot of athleticism, a lot of length, and that's really why they've been so good on defense. Um, they're going to be down their point guard, Xavier Pinson, who Vanderbilt fans should know well, former Missouri point guard. Mm -hmm. um, and so without him, it looked a little sloppy the other night against Ole Miss. And so Vanderbilt, that probably plays into Vanderbilt's hands. But we've seen Vanderbilt struggle in some of these heavy defense, um, kind of uglier games. Think VCU, think South Carolina games. So I think it's an interesting matchup for the stakes for both squads. But I'm definitely anticipating a close game. I don't think this, there's any reason on any side, on either side, that this would be a blowout. Should be fun. Uh, Justin, I'm still jealous of you, but uh, I'm looking forward to, 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 to watching it on TV and, and seeing everything go down. Uh, good luck with your coverage. And uh, we're looking forward to this on Saturday night. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely, Billy. Appreciate you having me.